The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. November 6th, a.k.a. it is the ACC Network Day of Hokies because we're double dipping tonight. Billy, behind his head, is the Castle Coliseum view of Virginia Tech dominating High Point. Queens of Castle getting it done, 38-15 so far. We did see the ACC PM crew there, which was fantastic. And then the Hokies uh, play Coppin State at 8 as well on the men's side this is going to be a short podcast we are the sons of saturday we got billy ray over there in atlanta my name is pat hanging out in charlotte big week in charlotte got iowa and caitlin clark coming in on thursday night and got south carolina coming in on friday night the late game we also do have a lot of virginia fans coming to the queen city to my dismay to everyone here's dismay uh-huh. And uh, yeah, we're, gonna, we're actually going to talk about football, though. Talking about the Virginia Tech-Louisville game. Louisville, uh, for lack of a better word, destroyed Virginia Tech at Louisville Stadium on Saturday. 34-3. And uh, yeah, I mean, we know that the offensive line, the defense, it was a tough day. And the scoreboard showed it. And our facial expressions during most of Saturday showed it as well. Uh, it was unhappy watching the Hokies, but a great slate of football. Uh, Billy, is all well in your world? What's going on? All is well. Happy basketball is back. Overall, it was a tremendous weekend in Scottsdale. There were amazing football games on. Uh, I won a ton of money live betting Alabama once LSU scored. Highly suggest everybody doing that whenever Alabama, whoever they're playing, scores first. Um, but no, I, I had a I had a fantastic weekend. Fired up that we have gotten. Look, from where we were a few weeks ago to where we are now, every goal that we want to accomplish from the beginning of the season is still available to us. Um, and we're just going to talk about this Louisville performance. Cool. So, uh, Hokie Haikus from the weekend. Matt Parnell says, Louisville was dope. Hokies football was not dope. Let's go get a bowl. Pete McGee, trouble on the road. Hokies dominate at home. Woeful nonetheless. We will be on the road up uh, next week, this week, at Boston College is not necessarily a friendly place for us have not won up there since 2017 grant watson Hokies crushed by cards there is still hope for a bowl bring on the round ball bring on the round ball where did we watch this game where did we tailgate there was no tailgating 
but we did watch Virginia Tech on Saturday celebrating our friend Griff in Scottsdale, his bachelor party. Uh, we did go to the Barstool Scottsdale Bar, had a great time, played some golf, hung out, great weather, great state. Arizona, always a, uh, a great time. Billy Ray did not offer me the advice of betting on Alabama uh, during the game. And uh, I had my worst day on the book on Saturday of all season. So, you know, while some of us really enjoyed it, others, others did not do as well. Arizona, unprecedented top five state. If they had an ocean, it would be probably one of the best places in, in, in the world. Um, couple of, couple of observations from the game. You mentioned it. Tickets were on sale for $17. They were not snatched up. Um, Louisville. I look at this game. Am I disappointed with Virginia Tech's performance? Yes. Am I thoroughly impressed by Louisville? Also, yes. They are tremendous at the line of scrimmage. They're talented all over offense. They are completely disruptive on defense. And yet, if you didn't, if you weren't able to see the team and all you saw was the stands, you'd think they were like three and three and five. I don't know. I don't understand it. They're in a city with 1.5 million people. And, um, it just doesn't seem like they're they're that interested. Um, but uh, I will say one of the more active talk smack on Twitter fan bases, a lot of folks in the uh, – I did a lot of bookmarking. I can go ahead and delete that folder now. Nothing that we can – nothing that we can do with those. Um, but uh, no, they didn't show up to the stands. I know we'll put this out a little bit later. Uh, our guy Grant, who was taking pictures, has a video of the Virginia Tech sec- section jumping to enter Sandman, which we which we love to see. Um, but uh, yeah, where are the people? How are you not supporting this Louisville team? They're really good, really good. That was their tenth home win in a row. You get double digit wins in a row at home. You, you got something special going on, and unfortunately, it doesn't seem like everyone has embraced that. So, um, Jeff Brom, I, I'm sorry for you. Because uh, maybe he needs to, maybe he needs to take to the podium and just start, start yapping. Where's where are our fans? Why isn't anyone showing up? Um, the vibe heading into this game was, oh, they're gonna be done down all these starters. Might Pete Thamel, rat to, poison, dude. <laughs> might be there was a lot of rat poison. Might be down to O lineman. Yeah, sounds like Thrash isn't playing. Thrash was like the only guy outside of. Jordan that we talked about on the offense. I mean, he's essentially their entire receiving offense and he did indeed did not play, you know, Amari Huggins, Bruce didn't play either. And, uh, Gerard Jordan was banged up. Still got 14 carries. Uh, he was battling a hamstring injury, but that didn't matter. 14 carries you know, over 50 yards and a touchdown for Jordan. He was good. Um, scored the first touchdown of the game for Louisville, but, we know the unsung hero for Louisville was their backup running back. We could talk about that after we handle these sons of stats. What did you think off the top of your head here? Yeah, off the top of my head, not necessarily a stat. It, it just felt like Virginia Tech went in a time machine uh, and went back to some of their old habits. Uh, and we did a lot of stuff that we thought we had moved past. Um, we got dominated on the line of scrimmage. We came out threw the ball early. Um, we came out and we basically let Louisville get into second and shorts, third and shorts, weren't very, um, weren't very opportunistic, weren't very disruptive. Uh, and they ran all over us. So again, 
uh, didn't look prepared to play the game, got uh, got beat up and lost the football game. Yeah, I mean, we had less than 100 yards running, less than 100 yards passing. That's it right there. You're not going to win a football game. In our score prediction, we said, hey, total yards for the Hokies. Uh, you know, whoever gets it is closest for uh, for the Jack and Coke thing we do every week. And uh, I did not see uh, too many guesses that were below uh, 200 yards. And uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to give away some free stuff for the guy that won. Um, I reluctant, reluctantly have not gone in there and, and pulled out the winner yet, but those are always the tough ones. Mm-hmm. Second lowest rushing total on the year for Tech. We know the Purdue game was... Uh, awful Um, 11 yards against Purdue. I think it was 62 uh, at Louisville and uh, 142 or 140 total yards is the lowest total in eight years. Uh, Back to that Pitt 2015 game. I hate any time that Pitt 2015 is referenced because you know that it's probably followed by an awful offensive performance. Uh, So, you know, sub 10 points. Lowest yardage allowed all year as well. 2.7 yards per play. Louisville ran for 231 yards on the day, and Tech was 2 of 11 on third down. I really just didn't have the ball at all in the first half. If I, I just remember at halftime, I, I looked at you and I was like, I think we had the ball three times, four times. Um, last drive was the best drive of the half for us, and couldn't uh, turn it into a touchdown, you know, had to settle for a long field goal. But it's not very exciting. It's pretty crazy though, that, you know, if you, if you had watched that game, there's no way that you would have thought that Virginia tech and Louisville ran the exact same play uh, amount of plays on offense. Um, But they certainly did. They both ran for 51 plays Louisville, one time of possession, 32 minutes to 27. Um, Another thing that kind of was something we did early on in the year and you thought you got away from Louisville had three touchdowns of 35 plus yards, explosives, explosives, explosives. Their running back room has tremendous vision and tremendous patience. Um, Yes. Their offensive line, specifically Brian Hudson, former Virginia tech Hokie um, was getting after it the entire football game. And coach Pry mentioned this in his post game presser. They played with a level of intensity and pissed offedness. Um, that we need to play with. Uh, again, this is taking nothing away from Louisville. Virginia Tech did not play a great game. Louisville is a very, very good football team. Um, probably a playoff contender is a little bit extreme unless they were to go on and beat Florida State. Um, but they, to me, look every bit of a top 10 team in America. Uh, Louisville also completed 92% of their passes. We said that we needed to make them one-dimensional. Louisville's quarterback had the ability to stand in the pocket pick us apart as be able to make plays. So, you know, you have to tip your cap to that offensive line. You have to tip their your cap to what they were able to accomplish. But, um, you know, very, very frustrating. Uh, very, very frustrating overall. Uh, we could talk about the offense. The bad got absolutely dominated up front. Uh, very peculiar start to the game. It reminded me a lot of the, uh, I believe it was the Florida State game where we came out we passed the ball four times on our first two drives. We were sacked twice, started the game with a sack. Um, I think every single Hokie fan sent this text to their group chat. About as bad as a start as you can possibly have. Um, it certainly was. 
And again, it was pretty obvious at the beginning of the game that we were going to be at a large disadvantage up front. Louisville took advantage of that. Josh Fuga got banged up early, um, but they just basically did whatever they wanted to us up front um, for the totality of that football game. Um, any other any other bads on that? I think anything else? Three of the first five drives of the game for Tech totaled negative yardage, but we, it was like a dead in the water thing on that first play of the game of. Oh. Sack minus 11 yards. Drones did not have what seemed to be like a design run until the second quarter. Did you notice that? Yeah, uh, he only finished with, what did he finish with? Uh, 11 rushes for like six yards, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and a handful of those were sacks, but it was like it was like we flipped a switch on, on the longer drive that resulted in the field goal mm-hmm. when Drones got that first down pickup when he – you know, finally was able to to get loose a little bit, but yep. um, yeah, it, it was kind of a doomed from the start situation, and they just had bigger guys up front than we did. Um, for the good, the scoring streak continued. When we kicked that field goal, it was like, all right, settle the boys down, maybe score some more points, get a stop coming out of half. It was the only points we scored all day. Um, John Love knocked it through. Uh, that was a 12 play 53 yard drive down the first half. Really, really weird offensive pass interference call on that drive. Um, I have a really hard time labeling anything else as good on offense. Um, anything else? Basil Tootin didn't suck. You know, he never does. (laughs) 11 carries. (laughs) 57 yards, you know, averaging over five yards a carry. Uh, I think I think that's really all you can ask for from him. Uh, he, he did a good job in the, the opportunities that he had. Um, and then I have this lumped into offense, even though it's special teams. But John Love made another kick, 44 yards. I think a lot of people <laughs> – because I think we had a penalty, like right before his kick. A lot of people were like, you know what, I – I could totally just see this not going in and John love silences the doubters and sticks it through uh 44 yarder before the half. So that was a positive, uh, not many, not many positives here on Saturday. As far as the defense goes, talking about the negatives from the defense, it did not matter who was running the ball for Louisville. Doesn't matter that their world beating running back Jawar Jordan, who we talked about ad nauseum on the preview, uh, didn't have his best day. He's fighting a hamstring injury, as we said, 14 carries for 57 yards. He still averaged over 4.1 yards a carry, had a long of 14, and got in the end zone. Um, But they did have this guy named Isaac Garendo backing him up, who was incredible. Uh, 11 carries, 14 yards, 11 carries, 146 yards, Three touchdowns with a long of 49, and it was just chunk play after chunk play after chunk play for this guy. I mean, he averaged 13.3 yards per carry on only 11 carries. Um, so clearly was the the difference baker here uh, this afternoon. They really just moved us out of the way, and their, their O-lineman was dominating our D-line, and our their O-line was gobbling up our linebackers. 
Um, yeah, their offensive line was completely dominant. I- I'll go as far as to say this. It's probably the best running offense we will see all year. Really, really good. Um, again, watched a ton of Brian Hudson who played his tail off. And you have to tip your cap to Coach Brom. Clearly, they watched a lot of film. Clearly, they did a great job of putting us in positions that um, they knew were going to be fortuitous to them and where we really struggled. Um, I think they had a complete performance um, from their entire team and from their staff. Um, just a really, really good crew. Really, really good crew. Um, you mentioned it. Only four possessions in the first half. This new, this new clock rule, like it stinks. I'm not blaming. It's obviously not why we lost. But it, it it is a huge difference maker for football teams who like to run the ball a lot. Um, you are just seeing you're losing a possession and a half, basically, um, in both halves of the football game. We were talking about this, um, I think, at the bar. It's like, who asked for this? Like, what what prompted the change for less football? I, I don't I don't really know who who was arguing for that. Um, but that is the change that Excellent. has been presented. It led to some huge arguments on the bachelor party on Friday, Thursday night, where we were debating, uh, debating slowing down the game in baseball versus, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of irrelevant. You had to be there. I don't know why I brought that. Yeah. Up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in terms of the good, I, I really didn't have a ton of great things um, to say about Cole Nelson. Uh, Cole Nelson had a sack. Yeah. That was good. That was nice. Um. I'll say this. Peter Moore did a great job keeping us in the football game. His first punt was not great. First punt, not awesome. But after that, his second punt put Louisville on their own 12-yard line. His third punt was 58 yards. His fourth punt was 50 yards. Really kind of kept us in the game and made it made Louisville earn their points in which they did. Um, but I think Pat uh, – I think Pat – I think Peter deserves a hat tip for his performance. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. Hat tip for Peter. No hat tips here in the Pat's Blue Ribbon of the week. Pat's Blue Ribbon of this week. You got to earn the Blue Ribbon. And uh, in honor of our friends at Pat's Blue Ribbon, where you can and you will purchase a Pat's Blue Ribbon on November 18th when the Hokies close up their Lane Stadium slate this fall, you know that you can get Pat's Blue Ribbon at the Benny's in the southeast corner of Lane Stadium in the East Stands. You might not know that PBR is sold at Lane Stadium. And Lane Stadium is the only college football stadium in America that sells that PBR. Pat's Blue Ribbon of the Week this week. I don't think we're really going to point at any single good thing about the performance on Saturday from anyone. Um, So we're going to hold on to this credit. We're going to hold the credit of this Pat's Blue Ribbon. And if the team shows up in two areas next week, we'll give out two ribbons. Can I, can I suggest a, uh, can I suggest uh, a give it? Cause I don't know if you're allowed to Bogart them. I, I don't know if we can, I don't know if we can double give out. I 
take this away from. I'm me. saying, as as the owner of the segment, yeah, it's Pat's know, blue right. ribbon. It's not Billy's blue ribbon. Of course, no. Um, so I'm just saying, cheers to us being so invested in a football game in November. Like it was cool to have the nervies going into a football game in November with those stakes. Did we get a little over our skis? Maybe. Absolutely. But to have as much awesome dialogue that whole week, I don't want people to think that this loss somehow undoes the awesomeness that happened in October. Was it disappointing? Yes. Does it bring us down to earth a little bit? Yes. But cheers to being in the conference conversation. Every time you turned into the ACC network or national conversations, the Hokies are in there for the ACC championship uh, run. That's where we want to be. That's where we should be. More of that, please. So I just do want to acknowledge that. It was a fun week of banter and excitement and fired upliness all week. That's all I'll say. That is true. That is true. You know, sometimes substances, you know, you incorporate substances into your Saturday. If you were in Louisville visiting, you might have went and visited the Bourbon Trail and, and checked out some of the distilleries. Well, also a dangerous substance is hopium, and we all fell victim here uh, in early November. But uh, I agree with that, Billy Ray. I think thank you. I think it was a a nice little refresh, and I'm looking forward to being there again next season. How deep can we go into November? Because November, it'll it'll make a man out of you. It'll it'll tell you if you're good or if you're not good. And we got we still got some football to play here. One big thing. What is it? Oh, I'll go first. Yeah. I have it on here, actually. I, <laughs> uh, this team, right out the gate, uh, just did not seem to have it away from home this week. Uh, had two false starts on offense, had two offsides on defense, and had a delay of game penalty, all which incorporate ingredients for a road loss um so just areas of improvement you, you have to clean that up especially on the road we remember the the nc state game last year where there was a million false starts um, i'm not saying that it was it was that bad um, but when you show up to a road environment away from home uh, you cannot be incorporating those into your into your uh your game yeah i've said it a couple times Louisville's really good. They're bigger and faster than we are. I think we did not show up ready to play a football game. Um, and that's how you get blown out. And that's what happened. Um, again, from the team's perspective, from the fan base's perspective, everything that we set out this year to want to accomplish is still available to you. You have three games against Boston College, against UVA, and against NC State. Not in that order. Not sure why I didn't put it in that order because it would have been really easy to do so, but I just threw you guys a curveball. Um, go out there. Got two more opportunities to win football games on the road, which we have not shown the ability to do. We haven't shown the ability to go out and win. I said we are going to win more games on the road than we were at home. I'm an idiot. I was wrong. So second half, we're way past the second half, but here in November, go out, earn a bowl game, continue to get young guys reps, one last thing before we move on. I know we have letters for the lunch pail. Um, I don't have this on the notes here, but it was something that just I remembered. I thought it was a little peculiar that Grant Wells came in the game late. 
Um, I think if Kyron Jones is going to be the guy and he's in the game, it's much more beneficial for him to get six or seven minutes more of game time than it is to trot, trot Grant Wells out there. Again, I don't know if Kyron, you know, hurt something or, um, or what the reason was behind that decision. If you're going to take Kyron Jones out of the game, personally, if he's the guy, I'd like to see a couple of minutes from Pop Watson. Um, at that point in the game, Grant Wells coming in, making a little bit of a difference. You're not going to come back and win the football game. I'd like to see a complete youth movement when we're given those opportunities and whether we're getting blown out or we're blowing somebody else out. I'm not making a huge stink about it. It's just one observation that I had at the end of the game. Um, but I did think that was a little peculiar. I know that it was tweeted prior to the game that Grant Wells was taking snaps with the second team. I don't know if Wells was taking second team snaps at any point uh, with the Wake or Syracuse games because we did see Pop Watson get in. Yeah, I agree with that point. I mean, if you're trying to conserve your youth and you want to keep young guys engaged, that's the perfect opportunity to play Pop Watson like we did in the Syracuse game. Um, if Grant was still hurt for Syracuse and he was supposed to play against Syracuse, I guess that's I guess that's one thing, but I, I don't see the upside in having Wells go in where you have a guy like Pop Watson who there's a lot of excitement about. Keep that guy engaged. Uh, or a Kyron Jones who could use more or or a Kyron Jones who could just straight up use more reps. Um right. So I don't know. Right. Just thought it was interesting. Yeah, you're getting Bryce Duke involved at the end of the game. Um, obviously, he's a, he's a younger guy. Why not the same for Pop Watson? Benny's. Letters from the lunch pail. Letters from the lunch pail. Pizza from the slice box. We're excited. <laughs> We're excited because we just went on the internet on x.com, on instagram.com, and we saw our friend Hooky Hack gallivanting through downtown Fredericksburg, as it appeared, fired up about his Krusty Krab pizza song, singing the song, uh, holding a 28-inch pizza in his clutches. Uh, he got he got Benny's. He got a pie with the Sons of Saturday discount. He said, hey, guys, I'm watching this hokey marathon tonight. Got the women's on at 5, got the men's on at 7. We are going to eat pizza and consume it as friends. And family together. Um, so shout out to our guy Hokey Hack and shout out to our guys at Benny Marzano's. Um, but not just Benny Marzano's Blacksburg, whether it's Fredericksburg or Richmond or Charleston or Charlotte or any of the 28 plus locations of Benny's, you can use that code. Just tell them at ordering that uh, the Sons of Saturday sent you for $5 off your Benny's pie. Be like Hokey Hack and get your slices ready to go for this basketball season. Steve Bryce kicks us off here. We go from one and three and fire the OC and the DC to four and four, and it's turning around. And now we got to play BC, who's six and three, and NC State, who's also six and three, and they look a lot harder than we thought they did 10 days ago. Is this the most up and down tech season that you can remember? Um. 2019 was definitely also up and down. 
Uh, recency bias would, would probably say this is a little bit more dramatic. Um, a little just because you get you start out one and four. And that's a lot different than 2019, where we had two or three wins in September and then really just had one really bad loss, really bad black eye prior to going on a winning streak. Uh, I feel like the momentum was so positive over the last few weeks just because we've been winning so consistently at home and winning at home does so much to energize a fan base. Um, but yeah, to, to, to answer the question, Steve, this is definitely a, in, in, you know, in a post COVID era, the most up and down season for sure. Um, just because 2021 just went straight up and straight down uh, 2020. I think everyone would call 2020 pretty up and down as well, just because, you know, it was pretty much Thursday and Friday night. You're praying that no one gets contact traced and gets excluded from playing on Saturday, which was just the most ridiculous thing ever. I'm so glad we don't have to do that anymore. Uh, um, I'll say this. I think <clears throat> bear with me here. People may not like this. Oh no. I, <laughs> I really think, Every game that we've played outside of outside of Purdue has kind of kind of gone the way that you would typically think it would. Like throw like the results and the way the team looks out the window. You lose to Rutgers. Rutgers is having its best season in 10 years. That's a really good Rutgers team. A Rutgers team that took Ohio State all the way basically to the third quarter. Purdue unfair. We said it last podcast. Purdue was weird. Super super weird. Didn't like that at all. Marshall coming into the season, I thought they're going to be really good. And then in ACC play, you basically win every single game that you're either supposed to or that are the toss-ups. In ACC play, we have lost to Florida State, who is a playoff contender, and we lost to Louisville, who is probably the second-best team in the conference. They are right now on paper. So um, I think I think when we say up and down, it's not necessarily in like, the, okay, we won this week, we lost this week, we won this week, we lost this week. It's more so like, in the month of October, aside, we've been very Jekyll and Hyde in how we've shown up. Um, a lot of those problems that we thought we moved past reared their head against Louisville. Um, that is where I would say kind of the up and down came from. Florida State went as we expected. We actually were kind of happy about that game. We just got yeah. slow out of the gate. Mm-hmm. This was definitely the uh, the biggest disaster where we, we just didn't really compete. I mean, we could, we competed yeah. in every single game up to this point, and it's disappointing when you don't compete, and you got to just close the book and get, get on to the next one. Tim Tishman. Tim Tish. What did you think of the first play call as a slow-moving play fake drop back pass by Bowen, and how did the sack set the tone of the game? Were we a little full of ourselves to think we could hit that on the first play of the game? I don't think so. I mean – Look, we knew Louisville did a great job rushing the passer. Um, would I have loved to see Virginia Tech come out and run the ball on the first play to avoid a sack? Sure, it's easy to say that with hindsight. Uh, I know I got on here and I kind of complained about the fact that we came out and we threw the ball four times in our first two drives. But, I mean, we kind of knew we were going to be in a position where we weren't going to be able to get a push with the offensive line and make plays. We were going to have to rely on misdirection. We were going to have to rely on trick plays. We were going to have to rely on – you know, an offensive line basically holding up a, a, a unit that does a really good job in, in, in blitz. So, I mean, 
as far as setting the tone, I think Louisville set the tone with that play and the fact that, you know, they basically came out and punched us in the mouth. I'm pretty sure like on the kickoff, it was a big hit. Um, those first two drives. Did you feel this way? Like watching the game, I was like, okay, Louisville is really physical. Like Louisville is going to out physical us in this football game. And they did for four quarters. Um, so, you know, the margins are very small in college football. Josh Pate was talking about this with the Missouri game, but I think they just came out and they punched us in the face for four quarters. I really, I, that that's really just what I think it, it boils down to. I don't think it had to do anything with just like the first play. It was just a bad open for what was to come. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, when you're riding on the offense was riding on a high, we had over 500 yards against Syracuse. Like I don't, I don't, I wouldn't call it us being full of ourselves and, I'm more thinking, hey, our offense has been playing really well and uh, we have earned an opportunity to keep the defense guessing and let's let's see what we can do here to, to break the game open on the first play of the game and didn't go in our favor and we learned that lesson the hard way. We have some haikus. Uh, we call these the overflow haikus. <laughs> John Cran, Hokies back on earth. Cards smoked us in Louisville. Time to finish strong. Chris Baylor. That one was ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Need a win in Chestnut Hill. Drone strike incoming. Closing thoughts. Uh, I think a, a good... I think that if there's anything to know about this fan base is that we, you know... If you give us an inch of hope, we'll take a mile of hope, which is fine. I think I think a lot of fan bases are like that. Uh, I am definitely included in that uh, that group of people. But um, reset your expectations. Not your expectations for for the season in general, but you know I, I know we're on a little hot streak at home, uh, Lane Stadium atmosphere, and the Hokies that we know at home are are a little bit different than the Hokies that we know on the road at this point. It's certainly been the roller coaster of a season. And as Billy has said a few times, um, not necessarily resetting our expectations for the season, but reset your expectations of November and right now and kind of, you know, what's possible um, versus what's probably going to going to happen. Um, I, I think, I think right now, you know, everyone would have been happy with the bowl, right? Um, you got three games left. I think anything, if if you finish five and seven, I think it's a disappointment. If you finish six and six, right on. If you win these next three, I mean, you want to talk about getting that momentum back. Um, but yeah, it's definitely going to be a stretch that we didn't think was going to be challenging is actually going to be a lot more tough. Sharkies shout outs. We also have a uh, memento here. I don't know if we're going to do a memento this week. I think it's kind of hard to do a memento when you're not at the game and you lost the game. So if you guys went out to Louisville and you were at the game, and you got some good pictures, take the opportunity to, uh, to download memento. I know we put it on, on Twitter last week. Um, we'll probably throw something up there again this week, but check it out and uh, make sure to use our code when you download and Put your digital memory out there from your time at Churchill Downs or at Jim Beam or anything in between. Do you have any shout uh, any shout outs or should we, I know we have some announcements? Um, 
no, shout out to the uh, shout out to the boys, shout out to the girls. Basketball is back. Um, and again, I, I would not allow yourself to go down the. I'm trying to think of a good example. It's kind of like you go out to a really, really nice dinner. You had a nice dinner, and then you remember you're like, oh man, you know it'd be really good is a Dairy Queen Sunday. You already had a great dinner. Your expectations were just to go get a good dinner, right? Hokies just played a great month in October. They're in position to go to a bowl game. Oh man, I'm going to go to Dairy Queen. I actually would love Dairy Queen. Is that possible? Can we go to Dairy Queen? And you pull up and the Dairy Queen's closed. That doesn't change the fact that you just had an awesome dinner. That doesn't ruin the entire night. It just means you're not going to end it with, with Dairy Queen. So what do we need to do now? We need to get home. We need to order some Postmates ice cream. And then when the ice cream shows up, is it Dairy Queen? No, but it's a bowl berth and you're feeling pretty good about it. That's how you got to think about these next two weeks. It's not ruined because we lost Louisville. It would have been cool to go to the ACC championship. I agree. Nobody's going to argue with you, but doesn't mean the season is lost. Don't give up on these Hokies. Don't change the fact that we have gotten better as the season has gone on. Slipped up a little bit here. Can't wait to see how we rebound. Can we talk about one thing? If if a, course. I, I, I don't think it's fair to compare a bowl berth to Postmates after a really good dinner. I think a bowl berth is the equivalent of like a vacation. I was saying the expectations of going to Dairy Queen, like Dairy Queen would have been awesome, but I can still get ice cream. Still get ice cream. I'm, okay. not, I'm not hating on the bowl game. It's more so just like, hey, we already had a great dinner, right? Barty had a good dinner. Get the Postmates, still going to be happy. I'm saying don't let this loss make you be like, oh, well, of course, we ruined it. Typical Hokies didn't figure it out. It's not typical Hokies to be four and four and competing for a chance for an ACC championship. Like that's <laughs> that's like that's like make-believe fairy tale land. I can't believe we're in this situation. So, um, and we lost. So okay. it so is comparing, what it is. Comparing Postmates of, hey, yeah, you can still get Postmates. It was not a Postmates equals bowl birth. No, no, no. I'm going to be fired up at a bowl. Be yeah. fired up. Let's go get a bowl. We are fired up to see everyone in Charlotte this week. Mm-hmm. We are fired up to drop our Slam Jam video content that we did with uh, the men's team and some of the coaches and Liz in Georgia and a lot of Blacksburg businesses and Virginia businesses. I think that's what we can say. We can say Virginia businesses when we talk yep. about Roback. And Roback yep. is a national business, but they're they're Virginia business. We get it. They're in Charlottesville. Like we understand that they're in Charlottesville. They make great stuff. That's not going to deter me from from purchasing <sighs> Roback stuff because they're in Charlottesville. Uh, they do make really good stuff and the Virginia themed polos and um, quarter zips. They look great. I'm sure you've seen someone in Lane Stadium or around Blacksburg wearing it, and you're probably like, hey, that, that's really cool. Yep, that's Roback. Go check them out. Use Suns VT for 20% off your first purchase. So, um, yeah, Slam Jam coming out. And then I want to give a shout-out to the K5K, the 11th annual run for Kendra. Uh, good pals, Hunter and Carter Atherton, uh, we're talking to me about the run for Kendra uh, that they do every year. It's a run for Kendra. It's a 5k event that raises money for college bound students who have lost a parent to cancer. Scholarships go to Hampton road students as well as students at Virginia tech. And the run is in honor of Kendra Atherton who graduated from tech and lost her battle to cancer in 2012. And over the past 10 years, 
over $120,000 has been raised for the scholarship fund. You can learn more at www.k5k.run. And uh, we actually have some, some pictures that we can, we can put out in the article too. We'll, we'll, we'll tweet this and, uh, and put it out in the article. But uh, I want to give a shout out to Hunter and Carter and the Athertons. Uh, probably see them for the NC State game. So that'll be uh, an awesome time. But yeah, if you're in the Virginia Beach area, go check it out. The K5K run. I just want to confirm the date of this so you guys know when the date is. Like Registration, en- Registration ends on November 18th at 11 a.m. Okay, so the date, the uh, the run is on the 18th of November. Oh, there it is right there. Um, but yeah, shout out to our guys and uh, definitely want to put the word out about that. Billy Ray, any last shouts for the gang? Welcome back, basketball. Beat Boston College. I can't wait for our preview because I know you and me, you and me are going to do some verbal sparring. You've been saying Boston College, frauds, frauds. Bowl eligible, playing a little, playing a little weird against inferior competition. I think this is a good Boston College, a, a decent Boston College team. But anyway, huge three weeks, huge three weeks for this coaching staff and this team. Um, stick with them. Don't jump off. I know y'all aren't. I know y'all aren't going to jump off the bandwagon because that's not what Hokies do. But put this in the trash, burn it, bury the tape. Let's finish this year strong. That's it. My That's dad's fun. going to Boston. My dad's going to all three games this weekend. He's coming Psycho move. Charlotte. Psycho move by your dad. He's Psycho coming move. into Charlotte on Thursday, going to the women's on Thursday, men on Friday, and he's on like the first flight out of Charlotte on Saturday going up to Boston. He's shipping up there. Haven't looked at the weather for Boston on Saturday. Can't imagine it's better than Charlotte weather on Saturday. I'll tell you that much. But uh, shout out to Kay Finn. Getting after it on the road, watching the hoax from many different locations here uh, in November. Um, but yeah, that that is it. That is a podcast. Wish it was more fun. Honestly, didn't have that much fun recording this. Um, but we'll be back for PC preview. Take care, y'all. Time to wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know just what you're thinking Please don't go to slice